This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. We are killing it online. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on WSJS. So glad to have you on a Wednesday drive. It is WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad. WD watched Blue Chips for the first time last night. The first thing he told me when I walked in today was, Blue Chips is better than Hoosiers. Now that's a take. WD, do you stand by that statement? I do stand by that. I love Shaq in it. Landed Still a hot take on WD's part that made me raise my eyebrows. We need to figure out what movie you're going to watch. Next week, though, the nominees, all the president's men, had an election yesterday. Yesterday was election day. Unforgiven, while you were watching Blue Chips, I watched Clint Eastwood, a Clint Eastwood movie I hadn't seen before, In the Line of Fire, where he's a Secret Service agent. That movie's 30 years old. The Big Lebowski and Superbad. Vote on X, which movie WD should watch. But enough about that. Ever since the promos started airing last week, there have been jokes made about how bad the Bears-Panthers game is tomorrow night. Some have been piling on Al Michaels for not sounding excited enough for these prime video games. Here he is, calling an exciting moment, and the cadence isn't really going up. There isn't a lot of energy. The man's 75 years old. Leave Al Michaels alone, okay? However, because of the trade that was made in mid-March, this isn't as bad of a Thursday night matchup as it's being presented. Bears-Panthers, it's a sneaky, compelling game, and here's why. It's the DJ Moore revenge game. Or if you want to go a little bit more deeper cut, it's the Deontay Foreman revenge game. Just as long as he's active. But staying with DJ, he's having a very good year. 47 catches? We're about at the halfway point this year. If you catch close to 90 balls with Tyson Bagent as your quarterback for a lot of the season, you're a pretty darn good receiver. Probably one of the 10 best receivers in the NFL. Predictably, when Panthers defensive coordinator Ajiro Evero was asked how he planned to stop DJ Moore, he was a little dodgy. Will Dante get the ball for the reps against DJ Moore? Uh, we don't want to disclose that. You know how we're going to match up, but uh, he will be a big part of the game plan. Come on, dude. Oh, he's going to be a big part of the game plan? Got it. Poor Joe Person. Every week, asking these great questions. Questions that people want the answers to. And all he's met with is a verbal spiking of the volleyball back in his face. Uh, we don't want to disclose that. Then you have the quarterbacks. Bryce Young, he's facing the team that could have taken him number one in the draft if they wanted to. Chicago had the pick. They decided, we're good with Justin Fields. We're not going to take a quarterback. I don't know if that's going to motivate Bryce Young more. He's got other things to worry about. He just had the worst game of his life on Sunday against the Colts. It's the first time he's dealing with this short of a prep time in his career. The four-day turnaround, get back out there, figure it out. 
but that's a compelling piece of this. Going into today, there was a chance that Justin Fields returns to action tomorrow, but the injury report came out today. Limited participant in practice again. Justin Fields listed as doubtful to play, so expect Tyson Bagent to go against Bryce. Then you got the piece about the Panthers' first rounder next year. This is an interesting conversation. What is the best-case scenario for the Chicago Bears tomorrow? If we're talking about long-term speaking, neither of these teams are going to make the playoffs. We know that. Panthers, Bears, the Panthers have given their first-round draft pick to Chicago, Carolina, one of two one-win teams in the NFL, along with the Arizona Cardinals. Chicago has Carolina's pick. Chicago has two wins this year. What is best for Chicago? Is it best that they win or that they have Carolina win? If Carolina wins, well, then you have a better shot at finishing with the worst record, and you have more control over what you do versus what Carolina does. Carolina, obviously, with no motivation to finish last. They're not going to be tanking at any point with Chicago owning the pick. So I could see the argument both ways. If you beat Carolina, well, then they remain one of two one-win teams. Unless with Kyler Murray at quarterback, Arizona figures out a way to win this week. It's just an interesting wrinkle added to the mix. These Thursday night games haven't been all that great. This one's not going to be awesome on the field, but there are enough storylines there that make this a compelling matchup. More compelling than I think it's getting credit for. On X, at WSJS Radio, that's where you can vote on that poll about what movie WD should be watching next week. That's where we're streaming video as well, in addition to YouTube and Twitch, 336-777-1600. Also the number, if you want in, WD, we've got Skipser Plays with Hayes a little bit later on. Do we have a theme for Skips or Plays with Hayes? Oh, yeah. We've got a theme, you know, kind of uh, kind of a, right along with what you were just talking about since it's Panthers-Bears tomorrow night. We're going to go with a, a, a revenge theme. Oh, revenge gonna, songs. Going to do that. Whoa. DJ Moore revenge game? Yeah. Some revenge songs that we can dial up. Later this week, WD is going to be at North Carolina and Duke. I'm going to be at NC State Wake Forest. We have tickets to State and Wake that we'll be giving away in addition to Green Day tickets later in the show too. So a lot to do, but getting to the game WD will be attending. It's senior night for the Tar Heels. And here's what senior night has always been about. Closure and saying goodbye. And for the Tar Heels, that could apply to two non-seniors on Saturday. It's likely going to be Drake May's last game at Keenan Stadium. He's probably going to be a top 10 draft pick, maybe even top five. Sam Howe, he left North Carolina when it was pretty much understood he probably wasn't going to be going in the top two rounds. Ended up being taken in the fifth round, and look where he is right now starting for the Washington Commanders. If he left, you have to think that Drake May is going to do so too. But it is commendable that Drake decided he wasn't going to go through senior day festivities on Saturday night. He was going to leave that to the seniors. Here was his logic on that. Uh, you know, I've, I've thought about it. And, uh, you know, my time here at Carolina has been awesome. Um, and, you know, uh, just I think senior day, you know, personally, is, you know, it's meant for seniors. And, 
just when I think back on it, um, you know, I remember Luke's speech and Dean Doman, he was a senior and how heartfelt it was. And just, you know, that feeling of, of knowing, you know, as a senior that you won't be back is different than, you know, position I'm at. Makes sense. I like Drake May as a prospect more than I like Caleb Williams. I don't know if the tide's going to turn so much that the that becomes popular sentiment, but that's where I stand right now. That's where I'm planting my flag, and I'd be surprised if that changes all that much. But Saturday might also be it for Mac Brown in terms of home games at Carolina, too. He's 72 years old. You can make all the, air quote, senior day jokes that you like as it relates to Mac Brown. He's the oldest coach in the country, and this season felt like his last shot at it. If you weren't going to win with that quarterback and Gene Chizik as your defensive coordinator and three, four years of top 15 recruiting classes, well, when were you going to win? How were you going to win at Carolina? I'm sure it bummed him out when you lose back-to-back games and then nobody is in the stands for that game against Campbell this past weekend. Uh, if I was Mac, I'd probably retire. You want to try and rebuild this thing with Harrell at quarterback or trying to find your guy in the portal? Man, good luck with that. You can have it. Don't be surprised if that's the case after the season for Mac Brown. So that's quite a bit of intrigue for this Duke Carolina game that the perhaps the greatest quarterback who's ever played in Chapel Hill and the greatest coach for this program could be saying goodbye at the same time on Saturday night. That That's something that could happen. And it's fitting it's against Duke because both Drake and Mac's success against Duke, their success is quite decorated. Drake's finest hour as a Tar Heel quarterback came against Duke. I was there at Wallace Wade Stadium last year. Carolina benefited from some officiating calls, some calls late in the game, got the ball back, and they went 80 yards or so with Drake in the final 20 seconds hitting Antoine Green for that score that was reviewed, they ended up winning the game. That was the best moment Drake's had as a Tar Heel quarterback. If you disagree with that, tell me one that exceeds that. Because I don't know what it is. Against your rival on the road, going the length of the field, winning it that way. Mac, he's won 12 in a row against the Blue Devils. His last loss, this is kind of crazy. You have to go back to the Steve Spurrier game in 89 with the photo on the field, the scoreboard in the background, that's the last time Mac Brown's lost to Duke. All that hanging in the balance on Saturday night. Senior day, it's about closure and saying goodbye. And those two non-senior day participants, Mac Brown and Drake May, could be saying goodbye as well. Here in the triad, NCANT-UNCG, one of the more fun basketball games that are played all year long, and that's how the Spartans are going to open up their season at the Coliseum Friday night. Remember, the Aggies were at Pitt on Monday. UNCG coach Mike Jones is now with us on WSJS. Coach Jones, we always hear that the most nerves a coach feels going into a season is that first game. Before the opener, yeah. because of all the uncertainties that come along with it, do the button do the butterflies heighten when it's a crosstown rival on the other side? Uh, I'm sure it does for some. Um, it's uh, you know the first game 
is always an exciting game, as you said. But, uh, you know, when you throw a, a game like this where it means a lot to the city and to each school and to each team, then sure, I'm, I'm sure that the uh, butterflies are a little bit up in the, you know, a little bit up in that situation. But, hey, we try to approach them all the same way, and so we'll try to approach this one, uh, you know, like every one of them, which is the, the most important game on our schedule, the next one. Yeah, just looking at your season as a whole, year or really your tenure at UNCG. Year one, you had 17 wins, a winning season. Year two, last year, you won 20 games. What goals do you discuss for your guys in year three? Well, you know, um, I think, you know, we try to keep things simple, man. We try to, we, we use a term, uh, fight for inches within our program. Uh, and it basically means just try to get better every day. And and so from my first year as a head coach to this year, uh, which I think is year 13 as a head coach, I've never really varied from that. You know, we, we just try to get better every day. We obviously want to take a step uh, from one season to the next, but you can't take that step, which is a big step, if you don't take little steps along the way. And, and the little steps that we try to take is when we walk in that gym today, you know, we want to get better. Does it make it easier to get guys to buy into that and not look ahead when the results are a progression like 17 to 20 that, hey, if you do buy into this, you're going to end up where you want to be? Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to predict, you know. It's so hard to say, okay, we won 17 one year, we won 20 uh, last year, now we got to win 23. Like, you, you can't <laughs> control that. The only thing you can control is how you approach each day and how you approach each game. And uh, we try to keep the focus on that. They, their minds are young, you know, young. They're young minds. You know, they can't look five years down the road. So we try to keep them that focus right in front of them. But, uh, but now, man, we, we certainly want to take a step as a team from year to year. And, and um, you know, our feeling is that we can only do that if we're focused on, on the small steps in between. UNCG coach Mike Jones is with us here. A&T UNCG at the Coliseum. Friday night, hard to imagine better things to do than to be there Friday night, especially here in the triad. After Friday, you've got two SEC opponents next week, Vanderbilt and Arkansas back-to-back. Take me behind the scenes as a coach. Let me know how it works when you're putting together non-conference schedules. When do these games get scheduled? How do they get scheduled? Well, that's a good question. You know, we um, we try to make our non-conference schedule um, in a way that uh, we can, A, gain confidence uh, to going into the league schedule, which is what it's all about in a one-bid league, uh, like the SOCON. SOCON is one of the better uh, mid-major one-bid leagues in the country, but it's really all about that league schedule. So if we can put together a non-conference schedule that prepares us for that, both in terms of gaining confidence and also in terms of what we're going to see when we get to that conference, uh, makes, you know, is, is how we make our decision based on that. So uh, part of that also has to do with, you know, raising money. Sure. You know, we are not, we have to play these games like, uh, you know, Vanderbilt and Arkansas in order to uh, help, you know, with our uh, fundraising here in the athletic department, which, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. But, you know, part of it goes into, you know, style of play and, you know, what we might actually face when we get to the SoCal. Mike Jones is with us here. The best basketball stories I've been told personally or I have read in books 
are about the old ABA. They're just amazing. And, of course, your dad is ABA legend Jimmy Jones, who played, I believe, Utah and New Orleans, I remember you mentioned a couple of years ago before you joined yeah. the Bullets. What, what's your favorite ABA story involving your dad? <laughs> um, man, well, I guess the probably the favorite uh, is that it, he was drafted uh, by the Washington Bullets in the 1967 draft. And because we're in the triad, everybody, uh, some people may remember that the person that was drafted by the Bullets that year was Earl Monroe. Winston-Salem uh, State, so, baby. Yeah, they only had eight teams in the NBA, so there were only 16 players that got drafted. And so uh, Earl the Pearl went in the first round. My dad went to the Bullets in the second round. And when my dad saw that, he said, well, you know what, I better come up with a different option. So he decided to go play in the ABA. And uh, it was one of the best decisions he made because he got a chance to really grow and flourish uh, as a player. He became one of the best players in the ABA. So I think uh, Earl the Pearl in the, the Triad area helped my dad make that decision, which helped his career. <laughs> Wait, so to be clear, he's like, oh, er Pearl's going there too. I need to play in the ABA. This is better for me. That's how it worked. Yeah, if he wanted to play as much as he wanted to play. <laughs> so he, he might have been able to play, but I don't know if he wanted to have the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, he would have had the opportunity to have the ball in his hands as the point guard had he played with uh, the Bullets and Earl the Pearl. So uh, it, was a, it was a calculated decision, which uh, turned out to be a good one. You just reminded me, uh, because Earl the Pearl Monroe also gets a, a ton of mentions in the 90s basketball movie, He Got Game, the Spike Lee movie, that our producer, Will Dalton, has seen none of the good movies. Um, he watched. He watched. He watched Blue Chips for the first time last night. I did. Saw Blue I Chips. Oh, wow. Shaq was great in that. That's it. Yes, he was. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And you're just watching it. It yeah. just came out a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, just, just a few. Just a few about. A few. Yeah, Shaq. Shaq is a little older now. Uh, what What is your favorite basketball movie? What's the one you go to? Oh man, great question. Uh, that's a good question. I I like. Uh, I'd love. He got game. I love that movie. Sure. Uh, you know, Jesus Shuttlesworth, mm. uh, you know, Ray Allen, he was a beast. I love Blue Chips, although I haven't seen it in 20 years. Uh, and I love uh, love and basketball. Love and basketball. Yeah, those, wow. Those, those, are three, those are three of my favorites. <laughs> Sports movie Hall of Famer, Omar Epps. <laughs> you got him in the program. You got him in there, too. Wow. No doubt. <laughs> that's that's top shelf stuff. You know what else is top shelf stuff? A N T U N C G Friday night. Can't wait to uh see what your team's about this year, coach. The way you defend, it's a lot of fun to watch and we're we're seeing this program continue to ascend. I hope that continues. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. We really appreciate it, and we hope that everybody will come out and, and uh start the basketball season off the right way here in Greensboro. It's the drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. This movie's almost 30 years old. 1994's Blue Chips. We wanted to do a basketball movie with the season starting this week. This is the one that the audience chose on X. We'll figure out what next week's movie is going to be in just a little bit. Let's not waste any time. 
Let's dive right in. Oh, Ron Shelton did it again. Same guy who did Bull Durham diving into the inner belly, the inner workings of the college basketball world. It's time for At the Movies with the WD. Unless you're talking about Star Wars. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Movies aren't exactly Will's thing. I don't get it. You uncultured swine! But that's about to change because Josh can't stand it anymore. This is At The Movies with Will Dalton. Okay. What did you like about Blue Chips, WD? You said it's better than Hoosiers. It's better than Hoosiers because maybe it's because Shaq was in it and Shaq was fantastic in this, but on a larger scale... What was his name again? Neon Boudot or something? Something like that. And one of the, on a larger scale, one of my favorite things about this movie was the cameos that were in it. Yeah. How many did you recognize? Well, you had Shaq. Yeah. Penny Hardaway was in this, right? See, I'm glad you recognized Penny. I, I was did. worried that you would not recognize Penny and we'd all be ripping our hair out at how you didn't recognize Penny. Yeah, I thought that was Penny and then I Googled it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I was right. Rick Pitino. That was Rick Pitino? Yeah. Okay, because I was like... Richard Pitino at the beginning, coaching oh. against okay, Nick Nolte's team. I must have missed the name drop. because Bob I, Knight. What? Obviously, you had Bobby Knight. You had Bobby Hurley. The week that Bob Knight passed away. That's true. You watch a movie where essentially Nick Nolte's character is basically Bob Knight. Yeah. That's basically who he is. And apparently, Bob Knight allowed Nick Nolte to follow his team around for a year ahead of doing this movie. You're right, Bobby Hurley in this. You obviously had Larry Bird in the one scene. Here's where I'll test you. Do you recognize, did you recognize who the AD of the school was? The one that was shooting free throws that couldn't miss? Who was it? Bob Cousy. Okay. That was a little that was a little more fuzzy for me. The legendary Bob Cousy. And apparently that was not in the script where he's shooting the free throws and Nick Nolte says, Boy, do you ever miss? Even left-handed? That was actually Bob Cousy just showing off before they were set to shoot something else. And Ron Shelton liked it so much that he kept it in the movie. That's how good Bob Cousy is. The legend. What didn't you like about blue chips? It's not even something that I didn't like about it, but something I learned. Apparently, Bob Knight almost ruined the whole basketball game scene at the end. How? Because apparently, outside of the arena or the gym that they were supposed to shoot it, apparently... In which, Indiana. Which, this will come as no surprise, he's so competitive, he he almost didn't want to do it because he didn't want to lose on purpose. Yeah. I'm surprised that happened. And I'm he surprised like, the. In, I also am surprised that the NCAA allowed them to use actual schools. Indiana. Yeah. Use Indiana, and that Bob Knight would agree to be in this movie. That's about cheating in college basketball. Our guy Jim Beheim is in this movie. Yeah. The funniest scene of the entire movie might have been when they go to recruit Penny Hardaway's character <laughs> and the shark. Jerry Tarkanian's there, who's known for being a cheater, and he had the line, oh man, I don't know if we're going to be able to get him into school. 
very well-placed line to have Tark yeah. uh, would, deliver that. Shaq, would you be helping me get into school if I wasn't going to play ball? Kind of no. amazing. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> kind of amazing. No Coach K references or appearances it in is. this movie. It is. He had already won back-to-back national championships at Duke at that point. Just kind of interesting that he's not there. Really, the tone of this movie, I didn't really like. I haven't watched it in a long time. Like, it depicts what happened in college basketball. But now, if this movie were made today, everybody would just shrug their shoulders and be like, okay, well, nobody's really a villain. Like, JT Walsh's booster character, he might even be framed as a hero. Whoa. He's got a couple of tens on on each side of him, and... He's given a bunch of money to the kids because they deserve it. This guy's kind of cool. Back then, not so much. No, we don't want to give any money to the kids or have them. It, this it, In the age of NIL, Blue Chips doesn't really age well in that regard. Yeah. Also, the scene where Shaq and the woman are discussing the uh, SAT score. Best scene of the movie. I love that one. And then I love the what you teased with in the classroom where he stands up. and This is culturally biased. This is culturally biased. Best quote might just be every single thing that came out of Shaq's mouth. It's everything that in came... In the SAT prep scene. It's that. But then the opening rant of the coach when he was pissed. Oh, yeah, and he came and back in the locker room three or four times. Stuff you can't say on the radio, but that whole monologue was just great. So why are we here, Neon? Maybe I want to go to college. Maybe I don't. I'll only know when I get there and figure out how much BS there is. It's pretty good. It's like talking about going into the army. And he said, I joined the army to invade the Persian Gulf for vacation. So I'll make sense. I'll make my own sense. Shaq is just great. He is. In this entire movie. Those are a few of my favorite quotes from it. 520, you get 400 points for spelling your name correctly. That's it. He didn't spell his name correctly. (laughs) All right. Rotten Tomatoes for... Can you get within five for blue chips? Let's go with an 86. 51. Yikes. Again, this movie doesn't really age all that well. Jack does, but... The rest of it doesn't. Like, the premise, what's the plot of this movie? What What's really hooking you in, reeling you in? Oh, kids are making money? Oh, no. Yeah. I in could, 2023? Yeah, I could get it. I could see it. And that's been At the Movies with the WD. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. WSJS. The fancy red panda. You're a fine girl, how I wish you could be mine, but you always disappear after halftime. Hey, Spermar of Sports Channel 8 joins us. This is one of his best deep cuts. Pretty good songs. Red Panda probably is top shelf in terms of basketball, halftime entertainment, Hayes, if I put Red Panda in the same category as Frisbee Dogs and Trampoline Dunkers, where do you think Red Panda belongs? 
So Frisbee Dogs actually get referenced in that uh, song. Frisbee Dogs and Quick Change also, I, I believe, get uh, get referenced there. So it, it, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. If you're asking me to actually rank, like, for me, the the entertainment value, that's one ranking, right? But in terms of just person who has made their name synonymous with halftime shows, who has, like, built their brand the strongest, I don't think you're topping Panda. Because it's it's not like there's one dog. If it was like, oh, smack, like, you know, Davey the Wonder Dog is in town because he does the stuff that nobody else does. It's like, you need, you know what you get with Frisbee Dogs? And I, again, I think Frisbee Dogs at times can be more entertaining than Panda. But Panda has like built her brand. I want to start a conspiracy theory that there's like multiple Pandas out there. Dude, you and I might be aligned on this because I went to a Duke game. He does a lot of games. I went to a Duke game right before, and it might, or it might have been the Joel, right before Christmas, three or four years ago. And then I got on a plane, flew out to L.A., and I went to a Clipper game the next night, and Panda was there. there. Panda back, was dude. there. I think there might be multiple Pandas. The bigger, the biggest conspiracy theory is, you know this one, right? Magnets. You know What's that? Magnets either no, in the no, bowls no, no, no. or she, in her no, head. No, no, no. Her, 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 her show is legit. She's flipping these bowls. She's catching them. It's balanced. No, the theory is she she throws bowls. She drops bowls on purpose. She's taking it. She was being perfect. Stopped the drama. Like the first time you see her, you're still like when that when when she does that five bowl you know phenomena. You're like no way, right? But after you've seen her a few times, you're like, she she has to drop to make you like fully realize how hard this is. And I think she can nail it perfect every time, but she realized just for the act, sometimes she's gotta she's gotta throw a bowl so that then when she nails it, the crowd's like, Oh yeah, she did it, you know. This is gonna be an excellent breakout video. Conspiracies involving uh, I got Red I got panda. panda conspiracy theories. Yeah, yes. So one is I, I think we need to check. I think there may be multiple. Um, much like that, we figured that out a few years ago. What's the um, dun, 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 Trans Siberian yes. Orchestra. There's multiple Trans Siberian orchestras out there, what? and that's like that. That's deflating because you feel like you know you. Nobody made knows the names of the performers, so why not just have two tri- Trans Siberian well, orchestras? Because then you got to know: are you, are you getting the A team or the B team? You just don't know. I like. I need to know. I, I, if I'm shelling out 60 bucks for my holiday, you know, I only got so many holiday concerts I can go to. Am I getting the true chance of an orchestra? And I think the same question needs to be asked of red Panda. Are there multiples, you know, that, you know, they just do the makeup. And, and does she and take hair. a fall? Like, uh, like Butch in, in, uh, yeah. Pulp Fiction. And if so, if there are multiples, are we, are we getting the best one at the ACC tournament? Well, I guess Butch didn't end up taking a fall. He was supposed to. Now let's get into, Skipser plays with Hayes. Hayes Permar is somewhat of a renaissance man, an expert in the finer things, but he hangs his hat on music. Loves his God, and he's no friend of Satan. He was like, oh, six, getting busy with the sticks, been watching Big Mike and Lil Trick. I just need a Zion and someone he can dunk on. Today, Hayes will decide if this music is smash or trash, glows or blows. It's time for Skips or Plays with Hayes. My mind's still blown by the two pandas theory. It's outstanding. The theme this week, Hayes, DJ Moore has a revenge game tomorrow night 
So WD has curated revenge songs for you. We'll see where this goes, because as soon as he told us about this earlier, like earlier in the show, I thought this would be a really deep reservoir of music. I struggled to come up with some. There are some that went to the top of my head, but we'll see where this goes. Is it just all Taylor Swift? That's <laughs> That really might be it. Uh. It could all be Taylor Swift. Is Taylor Swift included in this? It's so appropriate that he said that because I was really going to lead this with thing. There's only one person. There's mainly one person you think of when it comes to revenge songs and being songs about being petty at somebody. So it's only fitting that we start with Bad Blood. Baby, now we got bad blood. You know we used to be bad love. So take a look what you've done. I do like the bridge on this song. It's um, so sad too. I never like this one. I'm giving it a skip. Hey, man. My wife, my wife, went to go see the uh, Eras Tour movie, and she was pleased. She was happy with it. I might need to go see that, too. It's like three hours. Might do that. Okay. Okay. What's the next one? Let's go with a little Carrie Underwood. Oh, this is the first one I thought of. Before he cheats. Not a karaoke night in the South unless somebody gets like, on stage and sings this song. This is a karaoke Hall of Famer. Like if you if you break up with you know someone and you go out with karaoke with the girls, you have to sing this song. Yeah, they're gonna make you sing this song. <laughs> um, this is a play, hundred percent play. I feel like every now and then at the International Bluegrass it references music- karaoke in the song I just realized I didn't know that white trash version of Shania karaoke yeah that's what this is uh, every now and then I, and I need to go research this I was actually trying to look it up here uh, at the IBMA there'll be some bluegrass artists who also made more money they made more money writing country songs for country artists than they did themselves recording bluegrass music. Yes. And they, they don't mind that. They're like, and I feel like one of them was like, I don't know if Carrie Underwood wrote this song herself, but I feel like somebody may have helped her write this song. And I saw them perform and they were like, yeah, we uh, we make money off that song still. We'll get royalty checks off that one. That is definitely a play. Hey, Spermar. Well, I remember I was at, um, you see these artists, these bluegrass artists at Merle Fest that might not mean anything to you, the name, and then they start playing the song that you know. Yes. That they wrote, like Lori McKenna last year, I remember seeing her, and she like wrote a lot of like Casey Musgraves music, wrote a lot of, she played Girl Crush. That was a Sugarland song, I think, that she wrote which is fantastic wd didn't you have an ex-girlfriend that keyed yeah, your car i might have to actually sing this next time we go to karaoke because i i did have an ex-girlfriend key my car because i broke up with her allegedly i've got i've allegedly. got an amazing car <laughs> key story that i can't even share on the air you so can't no we'll come to the rialto and we'll it. hear it yes live at the rialto when we're out there we'll try to get the car key story out of Burmar. You will not believe it when I tell it to you. <laughs> wow. Can't wait. Okay, well, so exa- that's, that's a that's tease a- for when that happens. Yep. Let's yep. get to the final song of the revenge theme, Skips Her Plays with Hayes. We know Hayes loves the chicks, so 
Let's go with like some... just chicks, or are we talking about the Dixie chicks? We're talking about the Dixie chicks. Ah, uh, goodbye, oh. Earl. Oh, the ultimate, the ultimate revenge song. My colleague Jade. One time, I think she heard uh, me do the radio spot here at the Rialto, and I think we were talking karaoke, and then we were talking what people's go-to karaoke song was, and I believe Jade said Goodbye Earl was hers, so that's an always good one. So, uh, apparently, revenge songs make good karaoke songs as well, because Goodbye Earl and Before He Cheats, both good ones. Uh, This is a play. you got to play this song. Hey, and you said that was the closing number when you saw them in Greensboro? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. They like referenced it like in it in, in their background, like, you know, video screen now. Every now and then like a car would go by to be like, Earl's coming, Earl's coming, don't worry, he's coming. Um, yes, it was definitely the final number. I wonder the key would be to find a revenge song that isn't a breakup song. I mean, you got like rap diss tracks are oftentimes revenge songs. Like is, hit boots him up. Ma- is boots made for walking? Is that a breakup song? Maybe or like you're uh, so vain is ooh, seems like a revenge song. Cry me a river, Justin Timberlake. That's one I was gonna say. Although now that one's got a kind of a different narrative to it now. Timberlake maybe taking that one back. Probably. Um, yeah. Wow. Irreplaceable, Beyonce. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a little cheerier. It's less like I think Rihanna vicious. has one too. I forget what it's called though. I can find another you in a minute. There's um. What about, like, are, are there revenge songs for, like, there's got to be a song or two out there of, like, you didn't think I was any good and now I'm a I'm a superstar. Like, somebody's got to write. Oh, like, I feel like no ben, doubt. Ben Folds writes songs about his record label, but they're not, they're, they're not, like, revenge songs. They're more, like, stick it to the man songs, you know what I mean? Yeah, love song by, I guess you could do, like, love song by Sarah, Sarah Bareilles kind of applies there since she uh, yeah, the point yeah. of the song is she's not gonna write you a love song and still gonna but i'm but i'm still trying to remove like relationship for the entire oh oh, oh is 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 that is that her talking to the label not correct gonna write love yeah song? i'm not yeah. gonna write you a love song because you want one because you asked for it yeah because you yeah, need that, one that might count that's like that that would be the ultimate like revenge song revenge is not even about a breakup because the breakup it's like come on man you were just mad we get that you were mad but like you weren't necessarily wrong just because there was a breakup, but like revenge for like somebody, a label not signing you. And then you wrote a song with a new label about how good you were and the other people miss on you. That would be a good revenge song. Okay. Right now we have a poll question up, which movie should WD watch for the first time next week? And here are the four WD or Hayes Permar. These, and there's a lot of variety here. All the president's men, unforgiven, the big Lebowski, Super bad. Variety. Yeah, it's a wide variety. That's to what me, I'm it's, saying. It's, it's it's C or D. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I think I, mean, I think he would like Super Dad probably a little bit more. It's kind of surprising that somebody who was born in the '90s has not seen Super Bad. Just a little yeah, surprising. That's a little weird. Super bad, you're going to straight up, like, you know, gut laugh a few more times, like spit take laugh. I have so many lines from that movie. It's unbelievable. It's like. But Lebowski. Have you ever looked uh, into his eyes? It's like the first time I listened to the Beatles. But like Lebowski is a feels like almost more of like in a thousand years, like Lebowski might be a movie that, that people are talking about for like to study our culture. You know what I mean? 
Uh, and, and it also has like things that you won't be as entertained the first time, but like John Turturro's character, I mean, just so many, nobody, actors. nobody bleeps with the Jesus. As you I mean, <laughs> and just the slow motion scene of him, just like, uh, bowling. It's just, <laughs> just incredible from like costume. You, you must not hair. be, you must not be a golfer. Cinematography, just unbelievable moments. I mean, John Goodman, incredible. I don't know. I feel like maybe that's the that's the one. Even though it, it can be a little weird at times, but I feel like you got to do it. Oh, the Eagles. Yeah, the scene in the taxi. We gave away Eagles tickets with a drop. The drop was, I freaking hate the Eagles, man. Get out of my taxi. Gone. There it is. That's yeah. what we did. All right, Hayes Permar, you've done a lot of good in a short period of time. I've. Where where could people get your Rialto t-shirts, by the way? Because we got a, the we got Rialto. some. We're excited. TheRialto.com. R-I-A-L-T-O is Rialto. TheRialto.com. Go get your t-shirt. Support the cause. We'll, we'll have some. We'll we'll, we'll do uh, this segment and a t-shirt sometime soon. Excited to be here. All right, Permar. Thanks. Thank you, fellas.